Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. Guys, it's here. We've done it. Everybody is trying to hop on board the train that is Kicks and Picks. We are coming off an eight one in one week as a group. Special guest ROI Capper won last week, gave out about 15 winners himself. All aboard. Welcome back. Awesome show today. As always, we got studs and duds. We have the preview of Liverpool against Manchester United. So much to unpack in that one. And we are going to keep the hot streaks going with our locks of the week. Scotty coming off of a bounce back 3-0 week. Coach Steve, beautiful 2-1 week that easily could have been 3-0. And 3-0 for myself, fellas. We're feeling good. Yeah. I, all I needed was some props to get me going. I, I, I got really hot on props this weekend. Unfortunately, there weren't a lot of odds for the props available to us today. So we're going to go back to the well from week one and hopefully right some wrongs. But I'm feeling good, feeling good, feeling much better about myself. Yeah, I mean, you can't feel much better as a collective, right? Eight, one and one, by far our best week. Uh, no doubt. Re- we read the board well, not the easiest board to read, I thought, initially when we went into the weekend, but did well, hit some other bets over the weekend. So feeling pretty good. Yeah, it's we been- just need. I think we just need a little bit of a, a little bit of a mix of, of Serie A. And I think we were a little too focused week one on, on Premier League. Obviously, Serie A hadn't started yet. But now that we got the Italians in, I think uh, everything's kind of gelling. Just it's more copacetic. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. So let's let's kick it off, man. We got studs and duds. What happened last week? Scotty, who are you looking at? So my stud for last week, I think, is another easy choice. Uh, Gabriel Jesus went off against Leicester. He had two goals, two assists. Uh, basically, was part of every every scoring action that Arsenal had. Um, he just missed a hat trick too. I think with like ten minutes ago, he he put a po- uh, shot on the back post just off the outside of the post. Uh, I think he is every bit the part that Arsenal were hoping for. Um, I know we talked about it in the summer when when the transfer happened. Um, I was pretty high on him just because of. Um, He's always had the ability, never necessarily had the opportunity at Manchester City. So now that he has the opportunity uh, and Arsenal, obviously, we talked about them last year, how they were creating all these chances, just not scoring them. Um, he's kind of like the perfect piece of that puzzle. So uh, showing he's well worth the fee already. Uh, I like to see him continue this, but gets my stud set of the week for last week. And just while you're, you talked about it, they played Leicester. What do you guys think? Is this the end of Leicester? I mean, their their defense is in shambles. Uh, I mean, tough schedule for them to to start the year, but yeah, Leicester they're they're losing a lot of their players, right? You know, they're they're getting kind of picked apart. They still might be losing two other pieces between Wesley Fofana, although you know Fofana didn't exactly have a great showing out this weekend, um, and then Yuri Tielemans also rumored to be potentially leaving before the window closes. So they're losing a lot of pieces. Um, You know, they've typically been a a club that tries to get those under the radar players and then, you know, get good value out of them. Um, So I think it's going to be a tough task for them. I don't, you know, I don't think they're necessarily in any danger of being relegated, but I don't think they'll be finishing in the, in the top half of the table this year and certainly not in European places. So coach, they, they gave up, they blew a two goal lead in week one, if I remember correctly. Brentford, they yep. just gave up a thousand goals to Arsenal. Could they be a candidate for the new easy overs team in the Premier League? I mean, they could be. It seems like they they certainly could be an easy overs type team if they're giving up two goals a match. I mean, they tend to score at least a goal goal or two, right? Based on what we saw last season. So definitely, I think could be the potential there. Yeah, I right. need to see them start scoring some goals this season. Um, still a lot of reliance on thirty six year old Jamie Vardy yeah. for my for my liking, but maybe. And- 
And before we move on to the next stud, I just have uh, an XG number here for Scotty that'll back oh. up his stud of the oh. season. I, I, I just saw it scrolling through my Twitter feed before we came on from XG Philosophy, a great Twitter account if you're into that stuff. Gabriel Jesus accumulated more XG, 2.11, than 17 Premier Leagues in game week two. Only Arsenal, obviously. West Ham and Aston Villa created more. There you so, go. Love it. There you go. Stud. Scotty. Stud of the week. <laughs> Coach, as usual, you and I are in sync with this. So who do you got? Speaking of Brentford, I mean, the Bees absolutely thrashed Manchester United 4-0. All four goals came within the first 35 minutes, effectively killing off the match and sending United into a deeper crisis. That followed that late comeback against Leicester that we just referenced. Uh, Winnable game at Fulham to carry the momentum this weekend. Uh, Could get some more crucial points. A team that, you know, is always maybe around the relegation zone can maybe get those big seven points open the season and make their lives easier late in the year. Yeah, so so following the pattern that we've been on for a couple weeks now, uh, Man United is my dud. I mean, I just I, I couldn't think of anybody else more deserving of dud of the week. I think I'm shocked we all didn't pick them. Um, and you know, for me, I think I think this is it for Ronaldo, man. I don't think there's any way that he sticks around. Uh, he's going to probably try to force his way out. And for me, um, I don't know, man. It, it definitely makes me look at him a little differently if that's the case. I mean, yeah. you can't deny the guy's talent or his results on the field, but um, I, I would definitely think less of him if, if he were to make that move. How much do you think his ego is taking a knock that nobody's lining up at United's door to get him for like 10 million euros? Yeah, that's the problem, right? Like, I think he and United are both on the same page at this point where it's like, hey, listen, maybe a separation here is what's best for both parties. It seems like Ten Hag is, is on board with that as well. But, you know, there doesn't seem to be anybody that really wants him right now. I mean, he's trying to obviously stay in the in, in the Champions League because he wants to try to keep up with Messi for that all-time goal-scoring record. But I don't see anybody in the Champions League you know, going for him unless he takes basically a huge hit on his He's salary. He's got to take which, the big pay cut, yeah. Which, you know, again, somebody that's made probably, you know, close to a billion dollars in right. his career. Tons of might as well, dude. Like, you could afford, right. yeah, you could afford to take that cut if you really want to keep winning and playing in the Champions League, I think, at this point. So, uh, it's, I mean, it's tough. I, as far as how it impacts, I think, I think it's probably impacted how United fans view him more so than anybody because United always had those early years with him where he was like their savior and he right. was, you know, right. their, their child, basically, you know, him and Alex Ferguson. And so obviously with all the hype of him returning last season and then that going spoiled really quick, not necessarily because of Ronaldo either, right? He had a decent season last year, but sure, the whole saga this summer is, yeah, I think that's definitely left a bad taste in a lot of United fans mouth. Well, let's see what happens. Um, and then my stud, my studs kick some picks, guys. Come on. I, I said it. it's time to hop on board while we're hot. Um, but the actual stud is that Serie A is back. Exciting week. I think I read it's the first time in 51 years that there were no draws in all of the matches. Um, so love that drama. A lot of drama. Great for your betting health or, you know, terrible for it. But we're excited it's back. Stud of the week. Yeah, I think it was the first time in about 50 years that the match week one did not have any draws, which right. is, I, I, and I texted you guys after the first eight games on Sunday, and I was like, wow, no draws yet. And then Monday proved to be the same. RIP draw line betters, because hey. I know you're out there. I feel yeah, you are. <laughs> um, my dud this week. So, in my defense, I took United as my dud last week. I can't double up. So Fair that's enough. why they're not on my list this week. But I'm going with another pretty dud team, and that's Hellas Verona. Uh, 
we're going to go ahead and give them the hashtag Sari B hashtag for this season. Fair. We discussed it last episode as a possibility. I think their performance this week, giving up five goals to Napoli. Uh, I think that pretty much all but cements it. So I'm going to give them my hashtag Sari B tag for the start of the season. We'll see if they can do something to prove me otherwise. But until then, hashtag Sari B. Hellas Verona. Yeah. And, and you notice repeat dud of the week for Hellas. I had them last week. Repeat dud of the week for United. Not a good trend to be in there two weeks in a row. Man, Definitely don't want to be there. And one thing I want to say about Hellas, I'm going to, I'm going to shout out all of the Napoli fans on the timeline, man. Napoli Twitter is crazy. Like the celebrations of winning this game. Um, it, it was out of control. It was like, it was kind of like the Roma fans of the transfer market, how, you know, Roma thinks they won the title because of their awesome transfer market. Well, this is when Napoli fans came in week one and awesome. You scored five goals. You won the game. Hey, listen, I was a huge believer right there. One of my locks of the week, this Hellas team is fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, their defense, I wouldn't look out of place on their defense. That's they gave a four to a steady B team the week before. So it's not like, you know, they were playing stout defense like they did a couple of years ago into Europe. It's completely yeah, different. So Hell outside. All right, Napoli, is- I'll, I'll defend Napoli. It's week one. It's always fun to see your team win. It's even more fun when they score five goals in a win. Oh, who no cares doubt. who you oh, are no playing? Question, no, no question. But I'm concerned but about the they gave is, up. You know, they didn't beat City at the Etihad, man. They, they beat fucking Hellas. Hellas is the dud of the week for a reason. Yeah. All right, Grinch, Nick. Well, last dud of the week, Bayer Leverkusen for me after they lost one nothing at Dortmund on match day one, which is no shame in losing at Dortmund on match day one. But they were held in check by Augsburg, who they hammered twice last season, uh, lost 2-1. And on top of that, they killed me in the bet slip two weeks in a row because I did bet a few props on their goal scoring this week. I thought they would break out against a team that they just – I think they scored a combined nine and two matches last, last season. So they're off to a slow start. Coach, what happens when a team fools you two weeks in a row? Where do they go? You ban them. Damn right. <laughs> to the bandwagon. <laughs> to the bandwagon. Rough start. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up studs and duds. And we have the game of games for you. We're going to break this one down. I know Scotty has a ton to say. Um, we all have some some pretty good thoughts on this one. But it's Liverpool at Man United. It's actually a Monday game. So uh, we're going to get through the Premier League and Serie A and make our way here. 3 p.m. Eastern on the 22nd. Scotty, start us off, man. What what are you seeing for this one? It's been a it's been a rough start to the season for both of these teams. Yeah, I mean, we've got two two of the premier clubs in the top league in England coming in to their third game, uh, third match of the season, and neither of them have a win. Uh, Liverpool come in with two points, their two draws, um, Fulham and Palace and, and United. Not only do they not have a point yet, they don't even have a goal. So limping into this matchup uh, on both sides if if uh I'll, I'll give i'll have my moment off the top here for liverpool i think there needs to be a little bit of an expectations reset i think a lot of cappers that i'm seeing on, on the twitter feed and a lot of people that are maybe passive followers of, of the premier league are, are expecting this liverpool team to perform like they did last season that's just not going to be the case um you know obviously last season liverpool played 72 games they were very much in the quintuple hunt for all, all the entire season, right? I mean, they, they missed out on the, tr- the triple uh, by 20 minutes in the last game of the season. And then they lost to uh, a pretty solid Real Madrid team in the Champions League final. So if your expectations are that this is going to be the exact same Liverpool team as last year, that's just not the case. Um, not only that, they're also in a bit of a middle of a, a squad turnover. Um, I think 14 of their 20 first team players, uh, not including keepers, are either over the age of 30 or 
23 and under. Um, and that's just because that crew that has been so successful over the last four or five years, they're getting up there in age. They're moving out, right? They lost Mane this year. They lost Minaldum last year. Milner, Tiago, Henderson, Van Dyke, they're all kind of getting to that point in their career where, you know, you guys start looking for the replacements. And that's what Liverpool are trying to do this season. So I don't know that I would expect Liverpool to be blowing every team out 3-0, 4-0 like they were doing last year. I think it'll be closer to the season before that where they were basically in fifth place for most of the season and then squeezed out a, a Champions League spot in the in the last six weeks of the season. And to add another layer on top of all of that, they already have nine first team players out through injury. So they're really trying to field uh, a questionable lineup this early into the season. I think it's going to be one of those starts of the season where Liverpool just kind of have to weather the storm, get to the world cup break and then try and regroup and have a strong second half. So if you're out here and you're taking Liverpool team total overs two and a half, if you're taking Liverpool shipping a goal and a half, if you're expecting this to just be pure dominance through the first two or three months of the season, I think you're gonna to have to dial it back a little bit or else you're gonna start losing a lot of money. I think that's fair. And, you know, coming from the Liverpool expert that you are, um, you know, I'm going to stamp all of that as fact. So thanks for letting the listeners know. Coach, what do you make of United right now? Dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, so fair. yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really a mess, right? I mean, we talked about the Ronaldo situation. He wants out. I mean, only addition so far, the 31 year old Christian Eriksen. Uh, you know, coming back off of his physical ailments uh, right. and the and, five and foot nine center back, Lisandro Martinez, who I, I didn't realize he was only five nine until I started seeing memes on Twitter about like his height and like this guy's like this, like this big and like the, the ref is taller than him. So that's, uh, you know, <laughs> not saying he's not a good player, just as a center back at five nine, you don't see that very often. It reminds you of like Fabio Cannavaro, yeah, did that for especially Italy. in the Premier League. You know, the Premier yeah. League is known for having these like six two, six three, yeah. just like absolute Mongols and playing center half for those weird teams like a Crystal Palace or right. a West Brom or, or whoever. So it's definitely going to be a little bit of a, I don't want to say a learning curve for, for Martinez, but he's going to have to kind of figure out a different way of playing because he's not going to be, I think he came in with like a 74% success rate in aerial duels from last season, but that was in the era Devsey, right? Different right. league. So, Differently, different style. Yeah. I mean, that's, gonna have that's to tough. Adapt. It reminds me of when <laughs> Alessandro Ferlenzi used to play right back for Roma and he was like, you know, five foot seven or whatever. And he's over there man marking Mandzukic on a corner <laughs> and easily gives up a header kind of deal. Um, so midfields, still issues there, right? Fred and McTominay are still the key cogs in the machine as, as Scott puts it. And the Rabiot deal looks dead now because his mother is <laughs> yeah, just a money hungry, dollars. money hungry bitch. I mean, but this has been going on since the PSG day. So there's no surprise there. Cause I remember that was part of the reason why he left PSG to begin with. Um, the Arnautovic links are now dead. So I don't know where they go. Pulisic was linked today, which would be a, a nice signing for them. And yeah, but he's, Allen, he's, but he's not coming into the team and scoring 15 goals. No, he's not going to save the team. No, definitely not. I mean, it would be a good move probably for him because he would get plenty of playing time. Uh, but he's not getting a Chelsea ahead of the World Cup. But I, I don't know where they go from here. And if you look at their schedule, I was just looking at it heading into the next you know month or so. They're at home for pool, obviously, this week. Then they go to Southampton to Leicester. Possibly, you know, maybe you could bounce back in those weeks. But then you have to host Arsenal on September 4th, which is right around the corner. At Palace, who look what they just did to Liverpool at home, right? Home for Leeds. And then at Manchester City on October 2nd, the big Manchester Derby is right around the corner. When you think about it, I mean, that, that's, that could be a like 
two and five start or something. It's if, if almost things don't like go right. must get points from this game. Yeah. So two guys I want to talk about, I, I, I want to get your guys thoughts on them. You know, number one for United is Erickson. I mean, I think it's a feel good story, right? Everybody on the planet is rooting for this guy. Um, you know, 31 coming off of that heart condition. What do you make of that signing? How do you think he's been performing so far? Are they relying a little too much on him? Well, I think the, the issue with Erickson is, is what you said. It's a feel good story, but I think, you know, it, people are kind of glossed over is he's not the Erickson that was on Tottenham four four or five years ago. Right. I mean, even when he was uh, playing, um, you know, outside of his, the national team, he, you know, over the last two years, he wasn't really doing all that well when he came over to Brentford. I think there was a coming off the bench at Inter even before yeah. that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and when he was playing at Brentford, you know, he's starting for the Brentford team, but it wasn't exactly like he was lighting the world on fire. I think he had a handful of assists and maybe like a one or two set piece goals, but really not exactly the, the player that he was four or five years ago, which is understandable. So for a team like United, that's not a guy that you want to be relying on to, you know, basically start all of your, your attacking movements, right? It's, it's, it's not, he's a guy that you would prefer to have coming off the bench. Maybe when you're down a goal with, you know, 30 minutes left and he's got some fresh legs and some creativity in him and, and maybe he can create Set something, piece. but I, I don't think he's the guy that you want to be starting as a, a true blue starter week in and week out, especially in this weird, I don't really know what 10 hog is trying to do. It seems like it's a four, three, three, but you can't have a four, three, three with Erickson and uh, Bruno Fernandez playing as, as two of the, the key midfield positions there. I mean, they're both trying to play as a 10 and it just doesn't work out. And we saw them get overrun by Brentford because of that, right? They, they had very little protection for that mediocre back line and it was exposed pretty readily. Yeah. I mean, even in the form Liverpool's in, you have to imagine that they, they, they have to be salivating thinking about going up against that formation and those tactics. If, if they don't change something. Yeah. It, it I think, they're going to change something, right? I think Ten Hag is not going to sit here and try things that aren't working. And I think he's going to have very little patience for players that are underperforming. And we saw him do that, right? He, he basically had a huge line shift at halftime, um, bringing on three new players. And I, I would expect those three players, I think of all of them, Malazio, who's a, a, a younger wingback, I think he came in and, and, and played really well. So wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't be surprised to see him get a star over uh, a Diego Dello or, or a Luke Shaw potentially. All right. And then when we look at Liverpool, we know that uh, Nunez is out, right? He got the red card in the last game. Silly red card, soft red card, whatever we want to call it. Um, so that leads uh, that leaves Salah, man, to, to kind of carry the team. And, you know, his form hasn't quite been there, right? And we saw that, I think, after that. We, we talked about it at length last year, the Cup of Nations, man, that, that, that drains you, um, especially for a guy that's, you know, plays every single game over the past three, four years. So, um you know, we spoke about Erickson. What do we think about Salah? I mean, if your expectations for Salah as a 30-year-old winger are to continue getting 30 goals a season, again, expectations reset. I don't think that's a, a great bar for him to, to try to hold him to. I think he's still going to be a, a pacey threat down the side. I think he's going to get, you know, 20 goals a season, but he's not going to be scoring week in and week out like, you know, many of us are accustomed to seeing him do over the last three or four years. Um, I think he still plays an important piece of this Liverpool team where he kind of provides that outlet down the right-hand side. He can cut in, obviously, on his left foot, left foot, overlapping with Trent. But to kind of hope that he's going to, you know, carry this team alone, obviously, Mane now out the door as well. 
I don't think that's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of reliance now on, on uh, you know, like we said, Nunez, although he will be out for this match with the red card suspension and Luis Diaz. I think those three are going to be the guys that are going to make this offense go, uh, but they're all going to be pretty much equal players in it. I don't think you're going to see Salah, you know, being the, the premier goal scorer on the squad, having five, six, seven goals more than anybody else. I think it'll probably be pretty even between those three and hopefully once Nunez gets back, he can kind of get going again. And, and he might even be the leading scorer on this, on the squad. Yeah. And I think the thing with Salah to remember too, is he's a pace guy, right? He's a speedster. He's yep. been that since he was at Roma, Chelsea before that Fiorentina before that. So now as you hit 30, you start to lose a little bit of that quickness and then the legs don't recover as quickly. He's not uh, a technical player who can sit deep in the midfield and dink it around or a center back who doesn't need the pace. And I think that's part of why you start seeing the inconsistencies because if he's playing every match, like you said, it's hard to keep those legs going at 30 years old. Yeah. And it's, it's small things too. Right. So like you said, if his legs are, you know, aren't even at, you know, or they're at 90%, there's gonna be times where instead of making that run to, to, to the, to the goal line and, and trying to get a cross in, he's just going to try to cut back onto his left foot. And if he starts doing that more and more often, which I've noticed him start to do over the last, you know, six or seven games that he's played for Liverpool. Now defenders can just play that cut in. They don't have to worry about getting beat yeah. going to the outside. And now there's seems to be like you're forgetting threat. who United's defenders are though, because we are talking about Harry Maguire. Well, yes, yeah. I think this is a more of a general conversation <laughs> on Salah, but it, yeah, it I was could ask, for another week. He can I go back to it Scott, for another week is what I'm saying. Being that, you know, Maguire is there. We know the Maguire issues. Martinez, Varane uh, have actually rotated. Red Maguire has been the, the guy starting with no Firmino and, and Hota due to injury. Origi's gone, who you've predicted as your capo in Serie A. Who, who fills in Nunez's spot? So I think that's the, the big concern, I think, if you're a Liverpool fan right now, is they don't really have anybody unless Firmino comes healthy. Now, he, he was obviously not even close enough to make the bench uh, against Palace. So, I mean, I guess the Monday start here might help a little bit because they have that extra day or two um, on the weekend. But if Firmino's not playing, I think Kaida Gordon is also hurt too, who's the youth player that they'd be calling up next. I'm not sure where they go. I mean, they, they might have to try to play like a weird false nine in that position and, and try taking like a Harvey Elliott or Fabio Carvalho and sticking them there. Um, I think if they play Fabio Carvalho as like a false nine, I think he did something similar against Fulham um, when Mitrovic wasn't playing. So that might be the way to go. But now you're going to an 18 year old kid who hasn't started for Liverpool in his career and is now getting put into obviously arguably one of the biggest rivalry derbies there is in, in all of Europe. So and on the road and, too, on the, uh, on on the top road. of that. Yeah. But the stadium might be empty. You know, there's, there's rumors <laughs> of a, a United walkout. So maybe it won't be that bad. Yeah. If that uh, happens, then throw all your money on Liverpool. No <laughs> yeah. doubt. So anything else we want to say about United before we get into the odds? Uh, you know, I think the the one thing that we're recording this on Wednesday, like one thing to keep an eye on, it might be too late at this point, but if United do make a signing, if they do go and complete like a Pulisic loan or something like that, I would just keep an eye on that. Um, I don't expect anybody significant to be coming in and slotting in right away, but I think that's the one caveat we have to put here is, is we're certain that this United – squad are, are looking to make new additions. I mean, they already have some other players that are, are rumored to be on the way out. You know, Juan Basaka still on the squad, but looking for his move out. Um, there's rumors of Sergino Des coming in from Barcelona to kind of replace him. Just keep an eye on it. This team is very much in flux. You know, Ronaldo could even be on his way out. Who, who's to say? Um, so I'd keep an eye on that as we build up to this match, especially again, because it's a Monday game. So if something does happen, 
you know, late Wednesday, early Thursday, that could be enough time to get this player in and get him into the squad. Yeah. And the only thing I would say too, is you couldn't have caught Liverpool at a better time because of the injuries and the inconsistencies yeah. from Liverpool, but you're in a worse position. So it's, it's interesting to see if this could be the game that maybe United find like that freak two one result or something. And then it, it gets them going because Liverpool, it seems vulnerable right now compared to what they've been in past seasons. This game is just what the doctor ordered for one of these teams. Yeah. I think that's one way or another benefit from somebody yep. else shit start. And um, you know, my philosophy is usually right. Anything could happen in a game like this. So you almost throw the odds out the window, but speaking of those odds um, and I, I want to just make note, you know, they have shifted a lot. Um, I, I looked at them Monday. It's now Wednesday. So in two days, um, you know, the Liverpool money line, they were, you know, the odds on Liverpool were unplayable two days ago. And now today um, they're a lot more reasonable. So pool is the big favorite here. They're minus 170 United plus 425 draw plus 330. Um, so United was like plus 600 two days ago. Uh, pool was like minus 280, 250, something like that. So it came down almost a hundred points um, or a hundred points more in both instances and um, draw no bet for United plus 295. Yeah. So the reason why those odds shifted, by the way, is because of the Nunez suspension. I think that was the big action that kind of took place. But again, I mean, odds are coming down. I don't know that they are down low enough to really reflect where this Liverpool squad is at. But I'm not going to complain about Liverpool getting too much respect. I think that's a sure. odd thing to complain about. I, th- I think if you are a neutral trying to bet this game, I would probably say that there's not enough juice to put anything on Liverpool still to at this very moment. But if you are a Liverpool supporter and you want to back your club, by all means. But I would stay away from putting anything on Liverpool, um, whether it's on the money line or even, you know, uh, uh, giving up a a goal or a half a goal. Yeah, this might be one of the situations, you know, Charles talked a lot about last week, waiting 10, 15 minutes into the match to get a better number. See what lineup Liverpool runs out there. See how they look in those first 10, 15 minutes. Maybe the, the money line drops to like minus one. 30, 140, or you get a first half money line or something. If you think Poole's going to score and, and keep United out, maybe something like that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the total for this one's still high. And that's, I mean, might, might have more to do with defense than it does offense, right? We, we just spoke at length about it. So the total's three and a half goals. Uh, the over is plus 125, under is minus 160. Both teams to score. Yes, minus 170. Uh, that was, I think, one minus 150 just a day ago. Um, and no is plus one thirty. So what do you what do you think about goals in this one? Yeah, I think you're right. That's that's more about the lack of defense on both sides than it is about the the offensive ability. Because if you look at these two teams combined over the last you know two matches each, um, they have two goals to their name. Actually, no, they do have three goals to their name because I forgot Liverpool did score. So they have three goals over the course of the last two games. United obviously have zero, and you're expecting them to exceed that in ninety minutes. Well, oh, you're you're it. discounting United, Scott. They scored one goal in the loss to Brighton. Come on now, that's true. Over <laughs> oh, the yeah, okay. Did they score? <laughs> it was Who so long ago you forgot because they've yeah. got like six since then. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think you know to me like this. This is just a, a fact of we don't know who is going to be sitting next to Van Dyke for Liverpool's uh, back line. It, it was Nat Phillips against Crystal Palace. If it's Nat Phillips again, I think that's a you know a pretty big uh, liability. And then even on you know the United side, we don't know who's going to be playing wing back. If they're going to be trying to give Luke Shaw, Diego Dello, and others try, if they're going to be going to the younger guys, and then the center center halves, we are pretty certain it's going to be Maguire. But 
you know, is it Varane? Is it Martinez? Uh, TBD. Yeah. But I think that uncertainty is kind of why there's an expectation of goals here. Yeah. This could be the match where Martinez actually fits well, right? Because if Nunez isn't there, Liverpool doesn't really have that big bodied striker. Maybe this is a match where he can excel at five foot nine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like in, in terms of size matchup, right? Liverpool's not going to have a heavy front line in this match, probably. I wouldn't say excel is the right word. Maybe. Well, he can, yeah, yeah, he, can, but he can do better. Yeah, he can fit. He can fit Listen, better. You, maybe you can excel yeah. playing next to Maguire, right? Yeah. You, you look good by default. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and just to, to throw out there, two and uh, over two and a half is actually minus two hundred, so it's uh, it's a rough number to play. Um, and then just on the spread, man, another another thing I want to point out that th- this number has. Um, gone up a lot actually so you can get united plus a goal and a half minus 195 uh, yesterday that was minus 150 and if you want to get united uh, a little bit smaller plus half a goal they are still plus money at plus 135 uh better bet there is united double chance plus 145 so um you know if you're a believer in united or in a draw great number there yeah i would lead more towards like the double chance for united on this one just because i think I think the the match against Brentford was going to be a bit of a wake up call for how Ten Hag approaches the squad. Um, I think it's going to cause him to make some pretty significant changes in terms of who he's starting. And I think there are performers in the squad. It's just not been the players he's been putting out there week in and week out. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a bounce back there. Um, and again, you know, Liverpool, are, they're down bad right now with injuries. So I think there's a lot of question marks that they kind of got to fill in. And so if you're looking at a, United team at home getting plus, you know, one and a half basically, or, or you know, plus 150. And that's pretty hard to pass up. And coach, I got to correct you. United did not score a goal against Brighton. Brighton scored no? their own goal on themselves. Oh, so. okay. All right. Well, I, I just looked at the scoreline. So offensively, <laughs> yeah. they haven't scored a goal yet. Yeah, correct. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the double chance is the way to go. If you look at Liverpool's injuries and you want to take a chance at a decent number, I think maybe a draw comes out of this. I mean, United has to play better. They have no choice really at home with all that's going on. How do you not perform to some, some extent better? Uh, I mean, devil's advocate. So does pool, right? Pool has yeah. to play better as well. Um, so I, I just straight up, not a believer in anything for this matchup. I'm not a believer in either team. I'm not a believer in goals. Um, I, it's a, this is a wait and see game for me. Yeah, I, I think it's more it's of so a, a live bet type game. Yeah. I, I yeah. I hate that it's so early in the year. I feel bad for fan bases of Liverpool more than United, um, but definitely, you know, I, I can empathize with both of these teams and I, I just really don't know which way to go with these bets. Yeah. I mean, the lineups will be in flux on both sides, you know, whether or not Liverpool have certain yep. players being ruled fit versus ruled out yeah. and whether or not United bring in so, anybody. So that you, you're actually, I'm sorry, you're going to make my next point for me. Um, you know, typically I, I subscribe to the try to lock in the best number early and, hope for the best. Uh, this is a complete opposite for me. This is, Oh shit. We need to see what these lineups look like and how this game starts off and we'll place bets from there. No question. Yeah, right. I can't fully well, agree on that because we'll, we'll get into why in, in the next segment. <laughs> well, shit, man. Why don't you hit us up guys? Just a reminder. I don't know if you listened the whole way through to this point, but uh, we are coming off an eight, one in one week pod lock of the week, still undefeated. Our locks are on fucking fire. So Scotty, three and zero, bro. Just let's make it six in a row. What do we got? Yeah, I think the first one trying to get us to four and zero, or get me to four and zero on the on the run. Uh, I'm gonna go with Arsenal first half money line at Burnmouth. So we've talked about Arsenal; they're on fire right now. They're coming out of the gates hot. Um, 
offense looking really sharp with with Jesus kind of leading the line there. They're taking on a Burnmouth team that just gave up four goals to Manchester City, kind of got run through. Three of those goals came in the first half. I like Arsenal to do something similar where they'll probably get at least a one or two um, in the first half. I don't see Burnmouth really putting up much of a fight here, even though they are at home. So to me, take the first half money line. It's minus 120. There's a little bit of value there and uh, get off the, your weekend to a good start. Cause I think that's the early game, 7:30 AM on Saturday. Um, my next one, uh, I got to go back to the well with a, a favorite of ours. It's, it's Nottingham forest. They are a problem. Um, I'm taking them plus half a goal. Uh, it's minus 110 at Everton. Uh, Everton looked a bit more like the garbage team from last season against Villa this weekend. They, they put up a little bit of a fight against Chelsea in, in the opening match, but um, rest assured they are back to being the same garbage team that we are used to. Um, they do bring in Connor Cody from Wolverhampton, who is a, a favorite of mine. I think he will help their backline a little bit, but there's still a lot of question marks all throughout the all throughout their lineup and even potentially more so with Anthony Gordon. Uh, Rupert to be going to Chelsea. Uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But if he leaves, I mean, that's basically their two of their best three forwards gone in in, in one window uh, with very little replacements. So Nottingham Forest, I don't really know who's going to be in their lineup because they're bringing in so many players. They just brought in uh, Emmanuel Dennis um, and there's more still coming. So got to kind of pay attention to the lineup here. But I think whoever they put out there will have a good chance at getting some form of result against Everton, uh, even on the road. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that this is pretty much an even money bet. So yeah, love the line. And speaking of Everton, can we just throw out one more dud of the week, Dele Alli? I mean, how <laughs> how far has that guy's career fallen that he's probably going to Turkey now? Yeah, I mean that dude got his paycheck and he's just been sitting around ever since. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a career uh, parallel, and that's my boy Mario Balotelli. I was that that was the first no. thing that came to mind when I saw it this uh-huh. morning. Yeah, oh. I mean that that's basically the way he's going right now. That's rough. That's a rough comp, but I can't disagree. Um, speaking of rough comps, uh, my third lock, it's the Monday game that we just previewed. I am going to be taking Manchester United plus one goal here. Uh, it's okay. minus 115, so you're, it's not the double chance. Uh, you're not getting plus money on the on the odds here. You're, you're, you're paying a little bit, but I think Liverpool have major question marks at, at three of their key positions, right? We don't know who's going to be playing at center forward. I think their midfield still has some question marks on whether or not you know, they, they'll have uh, anyone beyond Fabinho uh, healthy for their their typical starting three. So you might see a combination of Milner, Elliott, and uh, maybe Fabio Carvalho, depending on who they play at center forward. Uh, and then center back, you know, we know that uh, Gomez was fit enough to make the bench last week, but only played 30 minutes. Is he going to be able to start? If not, do we see another start of Nat Phillips? So I don't really think that this Liverpool team is going to come out on fire and, and score you know, three or four goals. I also think they're susceptible, obviously based off the over to, to give up a few goals. So even if uh, Liverpool do get some form of result here, if they do get three points, it might be one of those games where they squeak out a winner um, at either in the late minutes, or they just hold on narrowly to, to a one goal lead in the last 10 minutes of the match. Um, so getting that gold here to kind of cover that, that one result, but getting paid if, if Manchester United do anything uh, positive on their side is uh, a tough one for me to pass up, especially at home. I give you credit for handicapping this game, but it also feels a little bit like the reverse jinx. Like, you know, oh, I'll, you know, the, the emotional hedge, so to speak, right? Yeah, okay, well. I it could very well be a little bit of emotional hedge, but I, I mean, I just don't see how you can bet against a team. I mean, like, again, 
at least Manchester United are healthy right now. Yes, they're a shit show, but yeah. they have the whole you know scope of, of their squad for Ten Hag to pick from. You know, Klopp is picking youth players to start in week three, and that's not even talking about who he can bring in off the bench. So, I mean, I I will say I, I do typically subscribe to you know when team. I'm not going to say the teams are evenly matched, but when teams are in equal poor form like this, take the goals. But I mean, I, I can't I can't knock the logic. Yeah. So I'm going to Spain with my first bet. Real Madrid minus 0.75 goals at Celta Vigo minus 110. I mean, stealing. I, I, I've never understood why they give you that extra money at minus 0.75 versus minus half a goal because you can't score three quarters of a goal. Right. But you take it, take the better line uh, minus 110. Not every day get Real Madrid at right. a decent number like that. Yeah. Coach, I'm going to put you on pause because I'm going to explain why. The minus, point, the minus point seven five means you split your bet between minus half a goal and, or what are you doing? Yeah, minus half a goal and minus one goal. So you're basically, if you're putting $10 down, you're essentially putting $5 on minus one and $5 on minus a half. So if they lose by, or if they win by only one goal, half of your bet is kind of considered a push and the other half pays out. Okay. So that is why. Quarter, quarter ball. Yeah. All right. right. Well, I I'll take the better yeah. line because <laughs> yeah. it's hard to see Madrid losing. Yeah. I mean, they you know early in the season giving up uh, just under a goal minus one ten against Celta, uh, and also there's some value the first half money line just to throw it out there plus one twenty if you uh, think Madrid can get off to a quick start. The only reason I didn't take that is because they got off to a bit of a slow start last weekend, scored in the second half both their goals. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to Italy. Milan at Atalanta over two point seven five goals is minus one ten right now. Atalanta, we know, is a team kind of in, in flux, right? There are players coming in, players co- going out. I think uh, they're trying to start a new cycle under Gasparini with uh, a new roster. But considering Milan won at Udinese or at home against Udinese 4-2 in the first match week, I think Atalanta should at least get a goal in this one. And I, I expect Milan to probably win. So if you think Milan's going to win, there's a decent number on them. Uh, I think they were like plus 135 or so, Nick, my yeah, line. I believe yeah. so. So minus 125 draw no bet too. And yeah. Minus 125 draw no bet. So those are also decent numbers, but I'm going with the goals as the lock because you never know what could happen um, on the road. First home game for Atalanta, who knows? And then my third pick, I'm going to the Bundesliga Union Coach Berlin. Worldwide. Coach uh, worldwide, determined to not win yeah. a bet in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> we did hit Friday Dortmund That's by the true. skin of our teeth. <laughs> uh, but, and the first weekend I did well. But um, Union Berlin, draw no bet, hosting RB Leipzig is plus 150. Uh, Leipzig is off to a slow start, back-to-back draws. Union's D has been strong in the first two matches, only conceding one goal in the, uh, the, the derby, the Berlin derby. Hurt the Berlin scored once of them. Last week, they went to Mainz, and it was a 0-0 draw. Um, and Union won both head-to-heads last season 2-1. So I think uh, with the plus 150, considering the head-to-head in the last couple of years and the form these both teams are in, I, I think Union's a, to, safe to probably at least get a draw out of it. I, I'll say, man, I'm rooting for you. Red Bull, that, that's one of those teams that just can't figure them out. I, they they that, lose yeah. when I bet on them. They win when I bet against them. I, I stay away. They're, yeah. they're on my bandwagon. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so... Leaves it to me. I am going back to the well on a lot of my picks here. Um, if it ain't broke, I am taking leads against Chelsea over two and a half. That unfortunately is minus 140. And I was really on the fence about leads continuing is our hashtag easy overs team. Hashtag easy overs. 
Um, but they've scored two in both of their games. They've given up a ton of chances. Um, and I think Chelsea, you know, even for their their problems, right, their lack of a true striker, uh, they've generated chances o- over these past two games. Um, and, and, you know, I really could have seen this line set at three and a half, like with Poole and United, um, you know, or even at the two and a half, it's at maybe minus 170, minus 180. So I'm looking at the minus 140 as a good number. Um, I, I think that this is a game where, where Chelsea kind of have to win um, to, you know, to, to stay towards the top of the table. And I think there's going to be goals. Leeds hasn't let me down yet. Um, so one thing I do want to note, goal score props for this game are fucking nuts. Anybody can be had at plus 200 or higher. So if you like anybody in this game, it's a, it's a great game to pick goal score props on all the outfield players. Um, our boy, Jorginho, friend of the podcast, he takes the penalty kicks. He is plus 800 to score a goal. Um, this is one of those games where I will be sprinkling a little money yeah. on Jorginho because that, yeah. you know, plus 800 is way too good of a number. He should be like plus two, three, 400 just for the fact that he takes those penalties. So um, I like Leeds Chelsea over here. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I like this pick because of my initial reaction was how much I hated it. And then I thought about it some more and it made a little bit more sense. My, the reason why I don't like it is obviously with Chelsea, we don't, like you said, we don't know who they're, you know, four Sterling missing be. wide open nets for they weeks. don't have that goal scoring threat, but at the same time, they've managed to score despite that. You know, they they obviously put you know scored two against uh, Tottenham last weekend, so they're doing it. And I, I think because of that initial reaction, that's probably why this line is where it's at. Because a lot of people are probably like me and saying, "Oh, hammer that over. That's easy." And now Nick the Sharp is getting the good value because of it. Thank you. Yeah, so and I, I think they'll be fired up too after the way that Spurs match ended last week, and the with the controversy, I think they're going to be fired up. No doubt. I mean, like ideal scenario for me here: Leeds gets out to an early lead, Chelsea storms back two one, easy, easy over. Some might say. Yeah. Um, for my second lock, I'm going with Coach Steve Squad. Uh, even though they did burn me last week, uh, it wasn't a lock of mine, but I did have them team total. We are going with AS Roma first half money line minus one fifty five against newly promoted Cremonese. Um, you know Roma generated a ton of chances last week i'm talking about chelsea levels of chances and chelsea levels of shit finishing uh from zaniolo in particular i think he missed three Three. or four solid chances um i think newly promoted cremonese is going to be holding on for dear life uh roma for my money scores within the half hour and they're going to cruise to lead at the break um you know roma is minus 500 on the money line so this is a great easy way to cut that number down to size Minus 155 first half. Yeah, now I will say the reverse first, jinx, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> first, the, the first uh, half doesn't do anything in the point standing. So yeah. I actually need Roma I to see win through that. <laughs> I see through you, Nick. But just to, just to throw out their first home match at the Olympico this season, sold out. They're going to be fired up. Cremonez is a new newcomer team to Serie A. Not as good of a defense probably as Salernitana. And the finishing will come when the, the chances are created like that. The finishing usually comes within a couple of weeks. And I... I, I think Roma will outperform what they did last week in terms of goal score. So I, I, I like the first half and I, I would even look at team total in game, things like that, because 
it has the potential. I mean, when you have matchups like this, you always have the potential for a lot of goals from one When somebody one says the defense not even as good as Salernitana, that just makes me feel all warm inside <laughs> for my bet. Um, and, you know, we had last week where, like, Tammy was barely even in the game. Uh, Pellegrini yeah. didn't have a good game. Uh, Dybala, you know, it was all right. But these guys haven't even started yet. So uh, I think this is this is the game. Wouldn't be shocked that they were up two or three at half. And for my final lock, I am sticking with the hashtag easy overs movement. We are going Lazio team total over one and a half. It is plus money, plus 110 at Torino. Uh, this was our Italian leads last year. They were the hashtag easy overs team. A lot of scoring, shit defense. Um, and you know what? Despite being down a man from the fifth minute in week one, their goalie made a ridiculous error and handled outside the box. They still managed two goals against a Bologna team that's probably a little bit better than Torino. Um, so I, I think uh, Chido Immobile is off to a fast start. They're going to need him in this one. Uh, the other forwards, wingers, last games, Akanya and Anderson will definitely be looking to bounce back from a shit game, or we're going to see Saudi go to the bench and look for offense. But either way, they definitely need two goals to win, and I think they get two goals pretty easily against Torino. So plus money, shocked to see it. Take it to the bank. Yeah, Curse of Pepe Reina coming back and striking you for all the slander you've thrown his way over the last two or three seasons. Listen, man, goalkeeping has been a fucking problem for this team. Yeah. For years. Man, I think that's a bold statement in Bologna better than Torino. You don't agree? Based on last season and, and based on the I first think week result, I don't from know. From a personnel standpoint, and I think from a coaching standpoint, they're, they're a better team. They did and lose Bremer, which could be an issue on defense, but both, both matches with Lazio last season, they held Lazio to one goal. So it's something to keep an eye on, but I think Bremer had a big, big part to do with that. I think Lazio continues their goal scoring ways. They, they're going to have to get off to a fast start. If they have any hope of finishing top five, top six. So um, I like, I mean, I was shocked to see the plus money. So I, I think they get to. And I think this is a good segue since coach just sandbagged it to have coach explain what our pod lock of the week is. Well, our pod lock of the week is Bologna draw no bet <laughs> hosting Hellas Verona. And that this has more to do with Hellas than it does. I think with Bologna, okay. right? Because Hellas, we, we talked about it back-to-back duds of the week, giving up four to body five to Napoli Bologna, not, not the most offensive team in the league based on reputation under Mihalovic, but it's hard not to bet against Hellas right now. And the draw no bet just protects you a bit. If you want to take a money line, I think they're plus 120 at home if you believe in them enough to take a money line. But I think draw no bet, you protect yourself. It's hard to see Hellas going anywhere and winning right now against a team like this. They're not going to like a a newcomer to Serie A or something like that. No way. And even the goals they scored last week were horrendous. Poor defending defense um, versus, you know, great goals. I think both were off set piece, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know at least one of them was. So, uh, yeah, look, Bologna, you know, same thing. It was a weird game against Lazio last week. There was two red cards within the first half, uh, one for each team. So it's not a, a direct representation of the offensive power, uh, excuse me, the offensive firepower that they have. Um, you know, Arnautovic, we, we talk about him a lot. Um, I was not a huge believer in him. He definitely swayed me last year. He had a really good year. Um, he performed well for his national team in the Nations League. I mean, I, I, I can't see Bologna not getting two, maybe even three goals in this game. Can the Podlock stay undefeated? Undefeated. The week of the season. I think it can. That's the question. 
All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our episode. Thank you so much for joining in. Um, be sure to like, share, subscribe, tell all your friends about us. We have a ton of special guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. A lot more to come. Be sure to check out our season previews that are um, already recorded. We gave you a ton of futures. Those futures are definitely still valid three, four weeks into the season. We have a lot of great interviews. We got episodes coming out every single week. We're going to give you the hard-hitting analysis like we did today. And don't forget, 8-1-1 last week. The locks of the week are absolutely on fire. Thanks again for listening in.